brought to you almost live from the dude in the basement studios. Why? Because that's where the good stuff is. It sips, suds, and smokes with your smoking host, the good old boys. Suds, suds, suds. It's time for more suds. Welcome to the suds episode where everything good in life is worth discussing. Man, I I always look forward to this show. Dave, are you excited? Hold my hand. This is my excited sound. (laughs) That's your excited sound? (laughs) I don't think so. Uh, We barely got going. Wow. Well, yeah, I know. Sorry, off the rails, folks. (laughs) <laughs> so much Already. for the script. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good old boy Mike here at the table, and joining me is good old boy Dave. Oh, hey. Yeah. Please stop holding my hand. Reverend Mark is here at the table. Merry fr- Merry Merry Christmas, friend. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Beermas. <laughs> Reverend Mark's had a couple, folks. <laughs> good old boy Kendall's at the table. Happy Festivus, everyone. <laughs> We should have that. So we should have that clip. You know, Happy Festivus. That's a great song. And the airing of grievances. There you Fierce. go. I agree. And good old gal Juliana is here at the table. There are no grievances here. Hello, folks. <laughs> a really great uh, lineup here at the table. We are the best thing on at two a.m. And we thank you for joining us today. Instead of get this, Dave. There's a show actually called "To the Best of My Knowledge," and they were discussing knitting and how it improve your health. Well, I never told you guys, but I'm a closet knitter. So <laughs> well, I'm proud of you, Dave. I think it's uh, I think it's admirable. <clears throat> um, you know, I just thought it was funny that somebody already actually took that phrase as a radio show, as much as I know that you they wanted heard, to think about actually taking it. They heard us, and then they were like, holy crap, that sounds like a great title for a show. Mm, yeah, well... Well, our Suds segments are all about beer, beer, and definitely more beer. This is our Suds Best of 2015 show. It's a one-hour episode that is actually mildly entertaining for about 22 minutes. Today we'll be talking about some of the best beers we've had in 2015. We'll also announce our nominees for the 2015 Good Belching Award. Which you could vote on in actually the next few weeks via our Facebook page. We're going to be talking about a lot of beer today. Here's a quick short list of some of our top 2015 beers. But I am definitely know that this conversation will drift off this list really quick. But these were a couple of highlights of some things from our episodes. Cascades, Foudre, number one. Funkworks, Raspberry Provincial. The Statement, Shrams. All Things Wicked Weed. Mostly mm-hmm. Bredesen and Labonte Pear. And I know Kendall's mm-hmm. going to talk about one uh, from them. Omnipolo, Fata Morgana. See, I said it right this time, first you time. Did. How about wow. that? Thank you, boys and girls. Very impressive. I learned after repeated uh, repeatedly listening to me screw that up and saying it wrong. Is that Omnipolo? Is that like a chicken being everywhere? <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. See, yeah. he sneaks them in, folks. He, he sneaks does. Them in. You know, and I thought Dave was the one with wit. All right. No. I never, I never thought that. <laughs> Reverend Mark, you'll be the bright one at the table today, okay? 
Mm. Uh, let's oh, see. Oh, boy. Yes, I will. <laughs> <laughs> it's really not a contest. I'm sorry. That was the wrong button. Uh, Lost Abbey's uh, Angel Share, Jester King's Nocturne Chrysalis, Yazoo's mm. Rouge Batch 2, Fresh Squeezed IPA from Deschutes, and definitely Watermelon Number 30. Watermelon goes uh, uh, is uh, just a short list of some things. That we have talked about on Sip, Suds, and Smokes on our Sud segments over 2015. Now, each of us has tasted in excess of 5,000 beers this year. Um, it seems like every year, you know, it's really difficult to say there's just like one beer. You know, it's, it's like asking what's your favorite color blue or which one of your idiot nephews or nieces doesn't annoy you the most. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your favorite co-host? Or, <laughs> or who's your favorite probation officer? <laughs> wow. Well, we've had uh, a lot of interesting moments, uh, you know, on the show this year. And, you know, one of the things I really enjoy are just all the interesting things that happens on Sip, Suds, and Smokes. And in a timely way, we actually were getting into the spirit of the new Star Wars movie release on our Mead show this year. Check this one out. The thing that was missing from this particular mead are good, you know, impressions of Star Wars characters. So, so here's my test to you. You have to, you have to talk. How would you describe mead in your favorite Star Wars character? You got, you got some good, good ones to pick from here. So, <laughs> I'll go first because I at least had more than a minute to think about it. Okay. <sighs> Luke, Luke, this is your mead calling you. The honey, the honey is so sweet for you. You enjoy the mead, Luke. (laughs) Yep, what's your rating on that? (laughs) Two. Yeah, 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 I didn't know. (laughs) That was pretty bad. Pick the only character in the movie that had a memorable uh, name. We could go with Chewbacca, but nobody would understand well, what you we got were Chewbacca, talking about. You got, you got Yoda. You we, know? Could, we could do R2-D2, but I don't make those kind you, of noises. You know. Alright, who's next? <laughs> Look at you, you guys are looking at each other like, this no. is not happening, Mike. I have not had enough need to be able wow. to have my wow, favorite yeah. Star Wars character. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not drinking this stuff out of a sheep's horn yet, so... <laughs> <laughs> and Jason's pants are still on from the from the moonshine episode. <laughs> yes, I've not removed my pants yet, so. Ah, oh, well, but there is hope. Pour some sugar. Yeah, I agree. That's what we need. thinks that if we were going to have i can't even do yoda that's just so bad i started down that path it's epic fail anyway all right not side taste sweetness there is there you go i knew he would channel it eventually it just took another swig of shrimps to get you there right yes that's it that's that it. it that's it's like it. it's like being stuck in a mini mart with yoda <laughs> well you know you could you know we, we're going to have an episode pretty soon where it's going to we're going to be sucking down helium. Being stuck in a mini mart with Yoda. 
Sounds fun. So, first off... (laughs) (laughs) Dave, do you want to do your favorite Star Wars character? Uh, No, I'd rather just rip on yours. Um, (laughs) Your Darth Vader sounded like a pervert making a phone call. (laughs) (laughs) And then I think you were trying to be a hobbit as Yoda or something. (laughs) Something like that, probably. Yeah. I am an untrained professional. Yes. <clears throat> good tries, though. Good tries. Yeah, I appreciate that. Well, feel free to channel any Star Wars characters as you're, you know, going through your beers today. So, do it, Kendall. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there we go. I need the CPAP. Yeah, I was going to say, I just did a sleep study last night. And I said, I do not want to sound like Darth Vader in my sleep. CPAPs just make a sound. Yeah, they don't make the you know they don't make the you know aqua long. You know. So. <laughs> well, this is a beer show, so let's definitely get to some beer. Um, but first, uh, Kendall gets the honors of going over our suds ratings for today. Yeah, Can we have that with that year end flair? Like you know, you're at the company holiday party, about to hit on the gay guy that's not really gay while you're reading these. Okay. I'm not sure I can do that. How about Yoda? <laughs> okay, I'll take that. That's a good alternative. You don't know that you don't know that Yoda wasn't gay. <laughs> <laughs> if you're hitting on the gay okay. guy who's not gay. Doesn't that make you the gay guy? <laughs> so we'll be tasting and discussing these beers and rating them with these suds ratings plus our signature belching sounds. Here are those ratings now. Sucks it does. Anything but bud. Give to me. Oh, that's pretty good, nice. man. Two. A belch? It is not. Hmm. Number three. A relief? It is. <laughs> no, wait a second. That's what Joe Yaller says to Dave all the time. <laughs> wow. A relief? It is. Dave, you are leaving the room. Do the next one as R2D2. That would be good. I can't beep like that. But. <laughs> Number four. Make that sound. A body should not. Uh, uh. And number five, hang time. Listen to it. Another give me. <laughs> nice. Excellent. Woo. Kindle definitely wins the creative award on that one. I don't know if body noises and, and smells would really affect a guy who lives in a swamp, though, right? I don't know. He's pretty old. Yeah. Mm. He's seen some things. He's got hair growing out of places, so maybe he doesn't hear or smell too well. Many places. Yeah. <clears throat> well, let's get right to it to uh, talk about some beer. Dave, I know you had lots of great beer this year. Tell I us. I honestly did not drink any beer this entire year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look. I drink every beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Therapy Tuesday, Wednesdays, and every other Sunday, okay? Well, it is uh, an epic task to pick three out of the millions of beers that I tasted ooh excuse me <laughs> I'm tasting some now for the, <laughs> for the second time um but I'm persevering and pushing through so uh the first beer I'd like to talk about uh I tried at uh, GABF and I'd been I've talked about it before and I'll talk about it again many many times I'm sure uh, I was a beer I was excited to try and it was the first beer I tried at GABF and I'm Glad to say that it was. It is uh, Blueberry Dreamland from Black Project. 
Uh, it's an American wild ale, spontaneously fermented, uh, and then aged in barrel. Uh, I believe Merlot barrels or some sort of wine barrels. I think uh, with a bunch of blueberries in it. It's mm. Fantastic beer, extremely well balanced. The 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 way they manipulated their wild yeast is is fantastic, and uh, and they just did a great <coughs> job. It's fantastic. So and I gave it a five. You know, if we were talking about ratings, it definitely definitely had some hang time there. Uh, the second beer I would talk about, if I were going to talk about beers, uh, would be Fresh Squeezed IPA from uh, Deschutes in Bend, Oregon. So this was a beer that we actually uh, had on the Oregon show. Yeah. Uh, the beer it's destination a fantastic show. show a lot of fun oregon beers and I'm talking about the oregon trip gene and i took i just saw on facebook that some local experts <coughs> were trying to prove that bend oregon really does not exist kendall can you confirm or deny it was not supposed to be named bend i can tell you that huh. it was a screw up by a postmaster somewhere and it got shortened just to bend Hmm. Was it originally Bendover? <laughs> <laughs> there was a uh, there was another word before Bend, and it got dropped off the application. Ooh, that'll huh. be another show for another time. We'll guess what that word was. <laughs> but uh, no, uh, the the mix of Citra and Mosaic hops in uh, in the in the uh, fresh squeeze just a really refreshing beer, and I. Um, not overly complex flavors, but just really refreshing, and I and I really enjoyed that. It might be my favorite IPA. Mm. Gave that one a five as well. <coughs> so I have to tell everybody a little bit about the uh, the backstory around this beer. So, um, so we we ended up picking up. This was a, one of the few beers we we bought, um, and I ended up picking up a six pack of Fresh Squeeze. And had no idea if we were going to talk about it on the show or not, you know. And and so we had these, uh, we had the beer destination, you know, show lined up. And I was like, wow, you know, if Kendall had that, it would be great, you know, for us to talk about it. And so I'm calling Dave. I'm like, uh, you know, I'm talking to Kendall about some of the beers he wants to go through. And we're like, man, we definitely need to talk about it. Just shoots beer. I'm like, oh, hey, we picked up a six pack of fresh squeeze. It was we'll- actually a 12. Yeah, okay, a 12 pack. Oh, six pack by the time it got here. Well, no, it was worse than that. <laughs> so, so I'm like, I'm like, okay, well, so we're going to have fresh squeeze on the show. And Dave's like, yeah. <laughs> so, Sorry, dude. So, come on, man. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so. But then, yeah. but then you found one. Who saved the day? Julian. That's right. That's right. She was hiding them from me. Yeah, I was. Oh. I was rationing them out. There you go. <laughs> well, wait. Isn't the fresh squeeze the six pack that you guys were drinking on the way to the airport? Uh, uh, no. Yes. Uh, well, what was that? What? Well, while we, I was driving, we didn't have room for the last. Right, so one. that was my fault. <laughs> I was the one handing out the beer in the car that day. We had a finite amount of room for transportation. Yeah, it was. We were pre-gaming the flight. Yeah, <laughs> we didn't want to weigh the plane down. What else is on your list there, Dave? So the last one I'm going to talk about was uh, another one from GABF. It was uh, from the Wrecking Bar in Atlanta, Georgia. Mm. It's a brew pub, and it's a uh, Tennessee whiskey barrel-aged barley wine. Uh, I believe it was aged in dickel barrels. 
Uh, that's Dickel, everyone. Get your mind right. So, um, this it was such a huge. It was a really huge beer. It was well over ten percent. But um, the the way they had aged it. Uh, and those whiskey barrels really smoothed it out and rounded out the flavors and it really softened everything and it was very big and caramely and just uh delicious and you it was actually a barley one I think you could probably drink uh full pints of um instead of you know having to drink snifters uh with your pinky up and stuff but uh this was a, a fantastic beer, and I really want to get down there and try this at some point and I hope they have it when I get there hint hint wrecking bar. Get your mind right. Uh, and I would give that one also a five. Cool. How about that? And a, and a brew pub beer. You know, at that. So how about that? Well, we're out of the shoot with uh, the first uh, first beers of we're talking about for 2015. Up next is going to be the Reverend Mark talking about his top beers for 2015. Where, do, where does one start? Uh, I'd have to say. Good Star Wars yeah. uh, character impersonation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from my sleep study last night. <laughs> Darth Vader taking a nap, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, turn it on the Home Shopping Network so they'll sleep a little longer. Luke. <laughs> yes. Well, where we start, my beer memory goes back a long, long way. At but least two hours <laughs> or 90 minutes but who's counting <laughs> i think the beer that really not only takes me back into two, 2015 is one of the great beers if not the greatest when i tasted it it took me back even further to a time even before i knew anything about beer or mm. pure grain alcohol or anything like that and uh so as we were winding our way through the booths at the GBF, I saw the Paradox sign with the Scully Bones mm. and the sour beers that were all to die for. Oh, yes. But the one that captured my taste and my imagination ever since uh, was the Scully 30 that's already been mentioned, the Sour Melon. The sour watermelon, salt with salt, <clears throat> and stuff. Great and beer, stuff. And we gushed about this beer, you know, oh on the gosh, GABF yes. show, and we had been just, you know, uh, wow, uh, talking about it forever and ever and ever. And uh, they produced another batch of this, and I was able to pick some up, and we're actually sitting here and enjoying it during the show today, where we just did not. As good. Yeah, um, after GABF itself, and uh, really great beer. Tell us what you thought about it. Well, I thought it get, it had. I, I'm I'm one who kind of works through the sours at a very 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 slow slow pace, and I usually try to buffer it with some malt and some hop in between. But this is one that I felt like right from the beginning that I could really savor, even like a 16 ounce pour. Um, slowly, of course, but this this the sour just it, it's there seemed to be a softness in the uh, just the the beer the, the the liquid itself. It had a very soft taste that I think was part of the the, the salt aspect to it. Um, 
Yeah, the watermelon, and it's and, and it did not taste like it was a flavored kind of experiment. <clears throat> it really did taste. It was just that very subtle, but yet fresh, sort of freshly, uh, you know, chopped and and they and, told and us guzzled. they used a butt ton of that was an amazing picture of all those watermelons. Yeah, I was just going to say, I still remember that picture of the watermelons. So, yeah, it just took me back to very, you know, simple times, simple pleasures, but this one with a very wonderful sour twist to it. Well, cool. Uh, Well, it's uh, good to get out of the shoot. Well, listen, we're going to take a quick break here, and then we're going to come right back up and pick up with Reverend Mark. We'll be right back in just a few short seconds. Hey, welcome back to Sips, Suds, and Smokes. We're glad that you came back and joined us instead of hearing about knitting and you and your healthy habits. No, we're just glad you came back. (laughs) To the best of my knowledge, it's healthy. (laughs) (laughs) It's the healthiest thing I do. (laughs) Is it knit one, pearl two, or pearl two, knit one? I'm not going to get into that, Mike. We're okay. talking about beer today. <laughs> like a good running stitch, you know. That's that's what I'm talking about. That really gets my heart rate running. Apparently, Apparently, how do you even know about Mike that? Mike knows a little bit about knitting. <laughs> Did another knitter just Pass come out beer. of the closet? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Reverend Mark, what's up next for you, man? All right, I'm going to go from the complex. Uh, you know, we've already mentioned the, uh, the the salty watermelon barrel stuff, which was just amazing. To the very simple yet sublime, I have to say that uh, one of my great beer memories of 2015 was Cigar City's Florida Cracker. Florida Mm. Cracker. Yeah. Which is an unusual choice of all the things that Cigar City makes. Um, well, no, it, and, and the thing is, it, it arguably is maybe not their best beer, but, but, but in terms about, of my beer memory for yeah, 2015, when I was on the Gulf of Mexico yeah. and there was very little available through the Piggly Wiggly where we were in that neighborhood, <laughs> okay? That's saying a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Now, if you'd have gone to the Piggly Wiggly down the road to Port St. Joe, maybe something more would have been waiting for you from Cigar City. It's all about the Piggly Wiggly. This was it. This was it. It's which Piggly Wiggly you go to. I'm thinking these are mating rituals of people in Alabama as well. All the ugly people in town, you're the least ugliest. And once again, yeah, absolutely, we're going to be banned once again. Oh yeah. <laughs> so. Have we ever been unbanned? Yeah, I, I think the ban is going on infinitely. Yeah. So you like the beer at least? Love the beer. You know, it just cut. It cuts through all kinds of food when you're on vacation. You know, especially if you're going like to the Casa Bonita, someplace like that. Casa Bonita. <laughs> <laughs> That would be funny. I have a Cigar City beer in Casa Medina. <laughs> oh, memory. So that's a great, great beer memory, and I will list it as one of my favorites mm-hmm. uh, for my own very, you know, weird and subjective reasons. Um, then I'd say oh, another one that uh, during this holiday season, and we're talking about barrel, barrel-aged beers and kind of spicy, hoppy-type beers – uh, I really have to give a shout out to Stone for their double bastard 
double rye or mm. double bastard in the rye. Mm. And uh, that's a whole lot of bastard. Yeah. That's a whole it is, lot of it's their, it's it's their double bastard, but it's it is aged in Templeton rye whiskey barrels. Hmm. Nice. Yeah. <clears throat> now, you know, I think one of the thing I noticed uh, rather recently that Stone was doing is they were uh, marketing this under a different label, not under Stone. They were doing it like under the Double Bastard Brewing Company or something like that, <clears throat> um, which I thought was interesting. Or maybe it was just the restaurant that I was in, didn't know that it was a Stone beer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is by Double Bastard. Oh, this is and by I think Double it's, Bastard. And I think that this, the Double Bastard in the Rye, is a cousin to their... Um, uh, their bourbon, uh, the the bur- the southern char, I think it's called. It's bur- it's their bourbon barrel, double bastard. Hmm. But if you do a parallel tasting, this one. Well, this was one it the it. was it the fact that it was in a Templeton barrel, or what was it that was so I, different about? This? I guess it, it it yeah it 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 really just gave those those kind of almost pungent yet you know peppery mm. uh wonderful spice you know in your face type <clears throat> notes that you get from 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 a the really rye. good rye whiskey yeah. but it was just so you know huge with the malt there too and then of course you know extremely probably ibus were 80 or 90 so it was just a, a lot of extreme sensations going on mm. was it like a party in your mouth it was like a Christmas party in your mouth with <laughs> all the lights uh, flashing in omni omni directions and Kendall hitting on the wow. S Yoda, S Yoda, yeah. Uh, so, any other uh, quick ones uh, you just want to have by name before we move along? Well, yeah. Um. <laughs> I can't think of it. Can't <laughs> Let's move it along. Another shout out for um, Ale Smith. I love all their beer, but the their Grand Crew, mm. nice, yeah. really yeah. nice, strong, um, dark. That classy. just is just classic. Yeah, Did we, we had the age one that I had for a while. I can't remember if we had that on the show or not. I don't think so. Mm. I don't think that was on I the seller show. Had it, but it was, <clears throat> I think it was yeah. at the party. I think it was where we had the Grand Crew from Ale Smith. Oh, that party. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, I was about to say, which party are we talking about? Well, up next is good old boy Kendall with his top picks for 2015. I think one of my favorite beers that we did here on the show and that I've had in other places is the Red Angel from Wicked Weed. Oh, yeah, Mm. man. It was really great to uh, meet Walt this year. Yeah. uh, We spent a lot of time with folks at uh, Wicked Mm. Weed. He's uh, very tall. Yeah, uh, the cellar master Andrew came and was a speaker at uh, Music City Brew Off, and yeah. it was just uh, it was really great the connection that I I feel like uh, not only the show but a lot of uh, Nashville area uh, brewers have made with the folks at Wicked Weed. So yeah, maybe those products will doing. come over here to Tennessee someday soon. Just doing great stuff over there in Funk uh, Funk Asheville too. Oh, <clears throat> yeah, we got good time. Yep, that. we had a great time at Funk Asheville. It was a really great festival. We got all um, funked yeah. up. Yep, um, really great. But that Red Angel of all the, I mean, all the angels are great. Yeah, yeah. There's a bunch. So That's there's your White favorite? Angel, Red Angel, yeah, Red Gold, is, uh, Golden, Golden Angel, Angel Black, Black Angel. Angel yeah. Yeah, but they, you know, they take that sour red and they just fill it full of raspberries. Yeah. Um, oh, did you have Charlie's Angel yet? No, it's <laughs> probably the best one. It tastes a little bit dated, like it was made in the seventies, but 
There's still some really nice, refreshing flavors. I haven't. I'll put Charlie's Angels on my list, but yeah, the Red Angel, you know, barrel aged for nine months with on those raspberries in red wine barrels, just fantastic. Walt is rolling over right now. Yeah. So, uh, Red Angel is uh, one of the beers we had on uh, Sours of the South, um, and you can go back and listen to that episode and actually hear Walt introduce that beer and talk about how many raspberries you know they really infused into that. It was pretty amazing. So, really great show. One what else by on your one. list? Um, another one on my list, just a great beer of the year, and it's related to a beer that was on the show. And uh, we talked about on the Sours of the South, also the Yazoo de Roges, which is a Flanders Red Ale. Excellent beer. But they do some really cool variations of that, kind of single barrel projects. Yep. Mm -hmm. And one of those was the Cassis with the black currant. And I don't know if you guys got to try that. (laughs) Black currants, anyways, are really, it's a great flavor, but the way they handle that, Mm -hmm. yeah. It was it was delicious, and yeah. I think one of the best beers yeah, that has that come out of the out. Embrace the Funk series. They're getting better and better. Until I tasted Uh-oh. Loving on Peaches a week ago. But um, just great stuff coming out of Embrace the Funk. But that uh, De Rouge's Cassis. What was, was that fantastic. beer called? Uh, Cassis. The, the new one? No, oh, yeah. Cassis? The new one, yeah. Uh, Loving on Peaches. You better watch out. Peaches' husbands find out. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and once again. Yep, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so what else is on your short list, Kendall? <laughs> so I, I kind of went in a similar direction as Reverend Mark. Sometimes, you know, I love barrel-aged stuff. I love sours. I love very complex beers. But sometimes I just want an easy drinking beer. Right. Um, and I'm going back to Cigar City, and mm. I like the Invasion Pale Ale. Oh, wow. Interesting right. choice. It was... You know, when I think of a summer lawnmower beer, this was a beer. It had kind of a light body, not those heavy caramelly flavors that some pale ales have. A very light body, very crisp, citrusy, a lot of orange in there. Uh, mm-hmm. And it was just, I thought, a great beer for a hot summer day, and uh, I could I could do several of those after mowing yeah, the lawn. Yeah, it's not it's not over the top, you know, so it 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 lends itself to being very refreshing. Yeah, I agree with that. Interesting choice of session beer in your lineup there. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Juliana's up next uh, with uh, your Her short list of some 2015. Seven. Okay. No, it was really it was really hard to um, to come down to three. And uh, another shout out to Paradox. God bless. I mean, it takes me back to um, to GABF and and it was just a good day. It was a really. It was a really good weekend, yeah. and having that every day was like so, one of the highlights. I don't think I ever asked. How many times did you guys go back to the booth? I went. We back didn't four, leave four no. times. Once I went we back got to the there, booth. we. Well, I don't think we left. How many times do you remember going oh, back for that beer? At least seven. Seven. Yeah. At least seven. We recycled. Well, and sometimes they didn't have it on either. Too. Right. Yeah, that was yeah. the other thing. We were like, oh man, they're I done mean, with it. But for the, the other day. ones were so good too. True. It's not. It's not like it was a wasted trip. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Mm. Uh, Reverend Mark, you remember how many times you went back for that one? I lost. My you lost count. <laughs> I lost my memory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, great beer, though. It was that good. Okay, but anyways. So for me, I'm kind of all over the map. Um, one thing that we had, and I think we talked about it on a, a previous episode, was from Prairie. And I believe we're, I could say this for all of us, we're all in love with Prairie right now. Okay. Their funky gold Amarillo to me, mm. I I just 
I keep going back to it and and really enjoy it. Um, it's from it's the second beer that was in their dry hop series, and <coughs> just the fact that it was like a good sour base. Yeah. And I love Amarillo hops, and it was the perfect balance of hops and sourness. I really enjoy that beer, it's and um, have had that many times since that first time. So. Yep. Yep, that is definitely in my um, top ten, and of course I gave that a five. Hmm. How about that? <coughs> now, in a completely different plane that I had at GABF and absolutely fell in love with and talked to the brewer, like, I don't know, for about 15, 20 minutes about how he did this, is um, The Last Snow Porter from Funky Buddha. Oh, yeah. God bless. Okay. Good guy, dude. Really I, good guy. He, he really is. Um, so it's a coconut and coffee porter. Now wrap that around your head. And what made this to me very extraordinary is the fact that the coconut was not toasted coconut. It was just a pure coconut flavor. And it was, it, it, it just shone in such a nice way. Um, but you can also get some roastiness in, mm-hmm. in the background. And, to me, it was a really great balance between something that could be really sweet with also something that was very roasty. And um, I think I had like four helpings of that at GABF. <laughs> well, it was cool because that one, um, what you're talking about, was built off of what was a really good base beer anyways. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, so. Again, in five, again. Mm. Totally. <laughs> And then the last one that I want to talk about is is something that just reminds me of summer and it the fact that it's in a can too makes it really, really easy um, to enjoy. It's the Blood Orange Goza from Anderson Valley. Mm. Um you know, mm. Goza's have become such a big beer. The you know, new that, it beer. Yeah, it is. Um definitely. I, I think it's like, you know, taking the place of all those like west coast hoppy beers as as the new it thing and this just was a really beautiful twist because yes it was salty but the blood orange i think is like one of those unsung heroes of fruits that you kind of like forget about it's not as acidic as a regular orange it's right. a lot sweeter it yeah. is yeah it is more like a tangelo yeah. yeah so that you know but a lot of people like forget about it maybe it's because it's not readily available in most grocery stores mm. but it it just had this again this really nice blend of something that was just sweet enough and then the saltiness of the goza base it was i it was a beautiful beer and everywhere you know every time i was able to see it in my travels this year i made sure that i picked up at least a six pack or two hmm. and i think it's a perennial that we have at the house all the time <laughs> love it well, yep. Definitely, and a five, and a five as well. But I, it's definitely, I would say, an American goza. I mean, I think you have to start making that distinction now, don't you? True. Well, you know, so I think it's very interesting that you know we have you know two gozas that we've talked about today because, um, and it just kind of goes back to a, a bedrock principle that you know I think about you know uh, in cooking is that you. When you're really trying to come up with something that's a great dish, you want to ring all of the senses. You want something that's sweet, something that's salty, something that's tart. Um, 
you know, and you're really kind of looking for, you know, some balance around, you know, each of those basic, you know, flavor profiles. And so this is a good example where, you know, you've, you've chosen a underlying sweet fruit to combine with the tart, salty components of the Goza beer. And you've just brought something back around that adds uh, something that's just a hint of sweetness. Yeah. Uh, for just, it's a good, we'll call it a good flavor triangle, you know, uh, that you're really just trying to hit. So The watermelon um, surprises me less about the Goza just because, like, and I don't know if this is a southern thing or if you guys, your family did this. Like, in the summer... When we would eat watermelon when I was a kid, everybody would put salt on it. Oh, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. my, yeah, oh, sure. hell, my family put salt on everything when they eat it. But um, I guess to, because salt's a flavor uh, amplifier or whatever, or a flavor enhancer. So that's what would draw out more of the flavor of the watermelon. So that kind of makes sense. But hmm. I think it works with the blood orange, too. Well, um,. We'll swing around to mine. I'll do one real quick, and then we'll take a quick break. So uh, I do have three to talk about, and this one I could discuss on for about ten minutes. So uh, also uh, off of the uh, Sours of the South show um, was uh, one of my top picks, which is from Jester King, which was the Nocturne Chrysalis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the one thing that uh, I noticed about that show is that that bottle was consumed so fast yeah. that day. <laughs> you know, it was like, you know, sometimes we, when we're drinking beer, uh, you know, either before or during the show, we have a lot left over usually because we have small samples. Um, but yeah, that that bottle was smoke. It was dust. And I think I'm guilty of actually grabbing what was left after the show and sitting down and consuming I think the that's the one I got my tongue stuck in because I was trying to get the last drop. I'm telling you, it was it, delicious. It's just this rich blackberry flavor, just jammy sweetness. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the only thing that I really hate about that beer is I have yet to find another bottle. <laughs> it's about the only thing that's wrong, you know, yeah, with that beer. You better make it again. Yeah. And they will, and they will. Like yeah. I remember talking to them at um, Funk. Funk Asheville, yeah. and you know, the moment that I mentioned that name, all of them just they, they had, lit up. They swam. Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah. I, I mean, like they were like proud parents, and yeah. it, it, that was just such a cool feeling. You know, like just explaining how great it was, and and like they were in total agreement. You know? I know, and they liked how much we gushed about it on yeah. the radio, but. They even liked how much we still kept on talking about it, you know, time and time again. So maybe they'll like it enough to send us some. I hope so. That would be awesome. I think they got a lot of great beer in the works, yeah, you know, for sure. True that. And their schedule for next year. Well, let's take another quick break. We'll come back and um, we'll pick up with a very interesting moment from 2015 right after our break. So my favorite ABBA song is that one where they don't play any instruments and they don't <laughs> sing. It's just it's kind of like five minutes of silence. Um, yeah. I think it's called. Yeah. No. The, no. Well, sorry, that All is right. not the name of that song. All right, I hate to admit it, but my favorite ABBA song is probably "Dancing Queen." Ooh, "Dancing Queen." Go ahead, sing along, Dave. You 
destroyed the human race <laughs> we've made the universe a little dumber just now. all right dave just another great moment in radio history dave now we've made the universe dumber twice in one year but have, have you been practicing a little more abba since then you are the dancing queen young and sweet <laughs> there you go. I love the reprise. It was awesome, Dave. Well, uh, a really great show um, to draw on. And if you did not have a chance to listen to our show on covering Omnipolo, where we talked about our favorite ABBA tunes, you should go back and listen mm-hmm. to that show. I have to say... That was a good episode. We, You know, it just... I mean, we have so much fun uh, doing some of the craziest stuff. But I have to say that anybody that combines ABBA beer... And talks about uh, or ABBA and talks about beer from Omnipolo. It makes it more entertaining. I want to ABBA talk to them, ABBA you know, beer. So. What would that taste like? Yeah, no. well, that's a part. <clears throat> I don't think you'd be well. the dancing queen. I think you'd just be the queen. Yeah. So. <laughs> make your tongue go numb. Your tongue go numb. <laughs> well, uh, I did have a couple more other beers to talk about. Oh my gosh, I can't believe. Um, yeah, this is one I just could talk about for days on end. So. Um, Juliana mentioned the right word, which is prairie. <laughs> prairie yeah. Elm. I know. Uh, made some great stuff. And we reviewed uh, Brett C. this year. It was one of the beers we had on this year. And we talked about Old Grumpy, uh, which is a, I don't know, it's an old ale that's infused in a, a brandy barrel, I think, um, mm-hmm. was what Old Grumpy was. So apple brandy or something this particular beer is prairie's apple brandy noir so they uh this is i believe it's a stout i'm sure somebody's going to correct me on that but um it's just this really great um beer that is aged in a brandy barrel um you know this has really moved into unicorn status which really sucks (laughs) um it is very difficult to find and it's a bit pricey, you know. I think some people kind of get a little sticker shock and go, what? <laughs> for that little bitty bottle. Yeah. It's worth every ounce. It really is. Just really fabulous beer. Um, I do miss the old Grumpy, but this is equally nice. Uh, you know, it's just the star of the concept uh, of what barrel aging really can do. I think if I went back and tasted this base beer, which it's been on uh, Prairie Noir and been in several different types of barrels this isn't the only one that they've done is an apple brandy they've done it in some other barrels but um i just this is a good example of what barrel aging can do to elevate a tasting profile um i really do love brandy uh as a barrel um itself rum is another really great uh type of barrel that i really think works well with a lot of great beer um tequila not so much um, a lot of wine barrels, especially wine, red wine barrels, can really fight with the beer hard. You know, um, I really felt like some of the beers that we had from Cascade, I felt like some of the beer was kind of fighting with some of the some of those barrels. I'm pretty sure if a beer got in a fight with a wine, though, the beer would probably kick its butt <laughs> pretty hard. What do you think, Kendall? 
You're talking like bottle versus bottle. I mean, I'm talking taste profile. I'm talking like yeah. I got a, I got, I'm a, I'm a stout. You're a Pinot. <laughs> Who's gonna come out on top? Just depends. What are you having dinner with? Dude, yeah, I was about I to know, say like, we can step outside and sell this. I'd say they both went on my tongue. So, but you uh-uh. know that the epic, uh, uh, the elderbread, that was wasn't that in a like a Chardonnay barrel? Yeah, or something like. Yeah. So yeah. Well, you know the thing I really love about this, I do love uh, Prairie's Imperial Stout, which is bomb and it's very popular uh, beer. Um, it is a wonderful stout. Um, this is a very. It's tough to say that you have like that many home runs, you know, in one brewery. But this is definitely one that I really love to come back to always. Um, it's like forty layers of awesome. You know, it's just. Every time you think you got this beer figured out, it warms up just a little bit, and it takes on a little bit more complexity, and it just keeps on working, you know, all the way through it. Every time I run into a bottle of this, I just, the chocolate, the fruit, the wood that's working all over this, I mean, it's just amazing beer. I really love this. All these beers I'm talking about are fives, by the way, so... Well, the last beer I want to talk about is actually not a beer, but a mead. Uh, we had a really great mead show, uh, several mead shows this year. You got to hear uh, Shay and Jason, um, who were on with me uh, for a couple of mead shows this year. And one of the meads that we had was from Shrams. And Shrams is a really great meadery. Um, and the one that we had is called The Statement. And, you know, this is just incredibly you know flavor complexity that i remember i actually went back and listened to the show what i was saying about it as well as looking at some of my individual tasting notes from the show and i just i remember um you know how fast that really hit me the alignment with the ruby port that 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 mead had because um it just had uh such a spot-on flavor profile for um just a really something that had a lot more depth than i would expect from a lot of meads um meads are wonderful but they can be sometimes very simple you know um in the way that they're that you approach them from a flavor profile and this thing just kind of took you on a giant roller coaster and was like bopped you on the head and said hey i'm here to stay big boy (laughs) (laughs) um it it was absolutely one of the fastest moving you know bottles um you know, I, I think it was gone even before we got up from the tasting table once again. And that's always a mark when something is moving fast. And it was interesting. I actually listened to all of our ratings during the show, and we all rated a four in the middle of the show. But then the show was over, and that was the that was the one bottle we just kept on talking about forever. And we tasted like, you know, 12 different meads that day. But that was the one bottle we just kept on talking about, you know, for never and ever. Um, just a lot of layers of cherries, and it just... You know, the thing I remember is I don't want to put anything else in my mouth because I just want to keep that aftertaste of this me just going on and on and on. It was just really fantastic. If you didn't get a chance to listen to that meat show, go back, check it out. It was really good. Um, we had a great time. Plus, you get to hear Jason with his, uh, you know, 
uh, impersonations of Star Wars characters uh, that were actually apparently pretty someone's <laughs> pants came off towards the end. Uh, that didn't happen during the show anyway. <laughs> you know, would you? Uh, and there are no photos of that. Event. Would you? Uh, would if that you could go of. back? Would you give the statement a five or would you stick with your four? I would probably amend it and coming back and saying it was a five. And I think part of it was, um, you know. <clears throat> I'm rather reserved about holding that top spot out. And I don't know that I've really tasted enough me to really understand where is the top end, you know, for, you know, a lot of meads. And I think looking back, having tasted, you know, probably another 40 or 50 meads, you know, since then, I can come back and say, wow, I think that was the top of the peak. You know, I just didn't realize it when I was there. So that's something you said for that. Well, uh, that's a kind of a quick roundup of some of the beers that each of us thought about. You know, we had uh, a lot of great time um, tasting a lot of great beers. You know, I said that we taste up to like, you know, 5,000 beers each, you know, every year. Festivals and bars and, you know, the samples, you know, that we get. I mean, it's just a broad range of stuff. Um, so we always get handed a bunch of one-off stuff or, or things that are just made on draft, you know, for one time and one time only. What's something that just really captured your attention, you know, that uh, really kind of caught you and went, wow, you know? Oh, I know something. Um, At the Winter Warmer, um, they did, uh, what was it called, Black Ice? It was an an ice-brewed stout from Corsair, uh, where they, um, they brewed an Imperial stout and then froze it. And uh, wow, and 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 turned it from a probably an eight or nine percent beer into a ten or eleven percent beer, hmm. uh, but it drank like a six percent beer. It was very smooth and complex. I remember that. Yeah, mm. um, I I don't know that it was the the best beer at the Winter Warmer, but it was a phenomenal beer, and it's one of those, it's one of those beers that'll get you in trouble. You know, it's like uh, that one friend you had in school that would always get you in trouble. Yeah, um, that one would sneak up on you, and uh, next thing you know, you're, someone's pants are off, and you're, you're all moonshine. making Darth Vader noises. <laughs> so there you go. That's and, mine. Any uh, any other uh, one-offs you guys want to talk about? I'm not sure if this was a one- when we were at GABF, um, but it was early into – that week uh where the week uh, of beers yeah the week of beers um and were we at the world of beers what uh world of beer yeah yeah the world of beer and it was uh oh yeah it was a brewery a brewery draft uh-huh. that was like a one-off but it, it was like i remember it was either oh, it was either a grand crew it or, was their it was their anniversary oh this yeah uh was the cuvee the cuvee, yeah. yeah, yeah, I think that's what it's that called. That was yeah. heavy duty, right? Man. That Their was, anniversary beer. That was, was big amazing. Beer. So we've had the Sakel on yeah. here, which was last year's. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was a great beer. But that was a, that was draft, and mm-hmm. uh, I had a few quick ones that really captured my attention uh, that I wanted to mention. So, uh, Snake Handler from uh, Good People. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every time that bad boy was on tap, I was right there. I'm like, just turn the tap on. I'll let you know when to turn it off. <laughs> gallons of that really great ip i love it fresh and i've had it in a can too which is not widely distributed in a can it pretty much stays in alabama 
Um, but it does make its way, you know, in some other states and kegs. Really great. Which Mike cannot go into Alabama, so <laughs> it's difficult for him to get that uh, in the can. Well, uh, Blackberry Farms has uh, their classic Saison um, was on tap in a lot of places. Kendall, I know you really enjoyed that beer this year, didn't you? I did, and they've had several varieties of it. Uh, they had a spring, summer, and a fall. Mm-hmm. June and I paired the fall with Thanksgiving dinner, oh, and it was fantastic. Wow, yeah. Perfect beer. The winter rocked the house, so I'm I've telling you. I have not tried the winter yet. So. Uh, it was, it's phenomenal. Oh, we got to get that. Then. Yeah. Well, the last uh, thing that caught my attention was what we had at Swansea Day up in the loft. Oh. Was Ooh, that yeah. Bowen Luke uh, first release? Wow, man! That was I couldn't impressive. believe how You're good right. that beer held up. I wish in I a remembered keg. it. And uh, it was towards the well, end. What did we have? Like eighty beers that <laughs> yeah. day. And for me to say that anything, <laughs> you know, there that there was just like, but even I had a short list of some other things, you know, and there were a whole bunch of beers that day uh, at Holy Grail were just amazing. And yeah. that man, I'm telling you, that Bowen Luke. I remember it was towards the end of the day when when we had it, and usually your palate's just like completely worn out. It was like, well, you know, it tastes like another stout. No, 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 no. This was like. Here's a quick tip for all the listeners: don't go to Swansea Day and then go beer shopping. (laughs) (laughs) You will spend a lot more. You will not have any money. Yeah, uh, when you're left. Well, uh, listen, we have a couple more things to uh, wrap up our uh, 2015 show. First off, our Good Belching Zone nominees are coming out. It's, nay, it is an honor, nay, a privilege uh, to be called uh, one of these less than honorable establishments uh, named the Good Belching Zones. So listen, on our Facebook site, there is a uh, page where you can vote. Um, in a poll for your favorite good belching zone. These are exceptional places that we love to sit down and drink beer, and we'd love to hear what your uh, favorite one is. So we have five nominees, and they're in no particular order. They are Holy Grail in Louisville, Kentucky, the Porter Beer Bar in Atlanta, Georgia, um, the Belmont Station in Portland, Oregon, uh, um, (laughs) Calponis. <laughs> Capones. Capones. Capones in uh, hey, Norristown, Capones. PA. Right. He's a he's a Texas uh guy. Um so Capones. Uh <laughs> and uh Navarre Rez. Is that right? Yeah, Portland, I, Maine. I faked it well. <laughs> Portland, Maine. Uh so voting is gonna be open on this until February first, so be sure and hop on there and check it out. Uh, listen, I know we've been to a lot of great Belgian zones. So listen, uh, if uh, if there's one we definitely want to go back to for sure, maybe. Well, there was that one incident that happened at one place <laughs> that I'm not going to talk about. But let me just say, if you go to Denver, take extra shoes. <laughs> oh, <yeah. Wow>. <laughs> Once again. Absolutely. Was, we're banned. was that Once the place with the place. Uh, the duty-free shop? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it wasn't duty-free. That's the problem. Oh, gosh. We have got to get through this. Listen, you definitely need to go back and visit some of our prior good belching zones if you've not been able to catch any of them. I'll read them rather quickly, and they are 2012 Craft Brewed in Nashville, Tennessee. Ooh. Fantastic place. It still is. Kendall teaches beer about beer down there. Yeah, do a homebrew class there about every other month. How about that? I you need can to catch learn. Kendall in person down there still. Uh, 2013 Blue Monk in Buffalo, New York. Really Woo! fabulous place. I will definitely have the muscles. Thank you very much. 
And last year's winner for 2014 was the McKellar Bar in San Francisco. Yeah. What about the uh, Big Bunny Motel? Wouldn't it? What year did yeah, that? Yeah, down the street from the Casa Bonita. <laughs> you know, you just get right away from some things. Well, listen, this is one of the few episodes we get to talk about some of the things that are coming up on season four. I'll rip through these rather quickly. Some cool stuff. We have another beer destination show to talk about of Michigan, and there'll be a couple more. And uh, I know Kendall's looking forward to that. Lots of brewery takeover uh, additions. Uh, Almanac Brewing, Four Hands, Jackio's, name a few. Um, so a lot of great things. We have another installment of our Sour Beer shows. Sours of the Midwest featuring Upland Brewing, New Glarus, and Jolly Pumpkin. We're going to have a new show. It's going to actually feature some breweries that are actually in very small distribution. These guys need just a little bit of limelight on to maybe expand some of their uh, universe. I love... Uh, that we found a good excuse to talk about these folks. So um, really a great show lined up for that. Uh, Dave will actually be attempting a measure of humor for season four. No, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm I'm voting for you, man. That didn't work out this past season. (laughs) Well, we're going to have a shift in a little bit of some recurring personnel here for our Suds episodes. I'll be sliding off the microphone, and you'll get to hear a lot more of Kendall in June will be on a lot more Suds episodes yeah, coming June. up in 2015. So I look forward to that as well. We'll actually be going to some great events this year. You can definitely catch up with us at uh, several things Extreme Beer Fest up in Boston, the mm-hmm. Hanapu Day in Tampa. I love it down there. Really great. Taste the poo. And they've moved that out into like a, a park this year, Hanapu. Yeah. So it's not that where it good. normally is. Yeah. So you get to uh, drink in a state park or something like that. Uh, some like private, that, like that's new. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> some, some, some private tasting events like Chimmy Fest and absolutely the great American Beer Festival will be returning once again. We'll also be at some really great media events. Uh, we had a great time at Beer Bloggers um, in Asheville this year. We're oh, going yeah. to be heading back and joining them once again. And Tampa for sure is where we'll be back. We're so, going to wreck Tampa. Listen, if you've got a topic of interest, this is a great time to drop us a line. Let us know some things you'd love for us to talk about. Um, we have some great things planned. We always love some feedback um, from our listeners to hear what we're going to talk about during our season four. So really lots of great stuff to talk about. Well, that's it for our 2015 show and our best of. Uh, hopefully you hung on through the frenetic pace. We walked through a bunch of that. Really enjoyed the show. Dave, thanks for being here. Hey, thanks for, you know, letting me be here (laughs) (laughs) the whole year. (laughs) Reverend Mark, thanks for joining us on this show. It's always good. It's always good. And good old boy Kendall. Glad to be here. It's a privilege. And good old gal Juliana. Why? Thank you. (laughs) Well, we hope you've enjoyed this episode. You can catch us anywhere online on SoundCloud, TuneIn, Stitcher, YouTube, PRX, and Spreaker, our native media hosts iTunes and our own Android app are the easiest ways to enjoy this show on your phone. Just search for Sips, Suds, and Smokes on iTunes or in the Google Play Store. Well, we always love to hear from you. Definitely drop us a line at info at Sips, Suds, and Smokes or on our Facebook page are great places to catch up with us. This is Good Old Boy Mike thanking you for joining us this time. And come back, join us once again, and keep on sipping. This 
has been a One Tan Hand production of Sip Suds and Smokes, a program devoted to the appreciation of some of the finer slices of life. From the Dude in the Basement Studios, your host, the good old boys, will see you all next time.